It is Locked on Jazz for the 2nd of June. How concerned should we be on the Quinn Snyder front for the future of the Utah Jazz? Steve Kerr shares how the Warriors and Celtics were built. It's a pretty interesting comparison, what it means for the Utah Jazz. And Robert Ory joins us to break down the NBA Finals. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so very much for making Locked on Jazz our first, your first listen of each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. And we greatly appreciate any thumbs up, any five stars, any reviews that you give us. Hope you're having a great one. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in. I got a a great email uh, yesterday. By the way, today's show, should mention this, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline, your number one home for all sports gaming needs. That's betonline.net. All right, I got a great email that I'm going to lead the show with today, which is how concerned, like, very nice, complimentary email. Hey, yesterday's show was great, super breakdown. I was definitely going full speed on that one. Um, And what does, what is it that, like, what what should we be most concerned about? And I thought that was a really good way to say it. Like as a fan, you're watching your team go through something like this and it's, there's, a, you know, concern. I guess, you know, the other choice is what should we hope for? But I, I thought the concern was a legitimate way to phrase it. So I think the biggest concern that you have as a jazz fan right now is that Quinn Snyder is an unbelievable head coach that for the last whatever amount of years he's been driving with his coaching staff and his preparation, the Jazz, to win five or six more games in the regular season than they probably should have or that they, you know, that they're they're overachieving by five or six games. They get in the playoffs. Their weaknesses get exposed. And then they lose. And then we... We think of the regular season as who they are, what their performance level is, and and how they should have performed, and we're upset about it. When maybe the flip side is actually what's more true, which is that we should be actually looking at this and saying, oh no, the concern at this point is that if we change head coaches and we don't have somebody who's of that same caliber, then next thing we know, we end up with five or six fewer wins and the in the regular season and no playoff success. That that would be the concern that we've that the coaching staff, that Quinn's been recognized as one of the best coaches in the NBA. His staff's preparation is remarkable. During the bubble or during the COVID season, I think they were they were truly remarkable. And that, you know, the that they've actually been overperforming because of our coaching staff for some time. Now, okay, so that would be, you know, these are areas, the question was, where if, and how should I be concerned? 
That to me would be, you know, one of the ways and how you should be concerned. Um, the other one would be that Quinn gave the Jazz some pizzazz, right? You had James Harden talking about how much he liked Quinn. You've had these other coaches, these other players in the league talk about how much they like Quinn. Now, it hasn't led to a massive free agent signing or anything of that sort, but I would say that Quinn was the first one to come and kind of move the Jazz culture out of the Jerry Sloan old school era into more of a modern hey, the Jazz are kind of cool, part of it, Ryan Smith is now taking that to a totally different level um, with the various things he's done with the franchise and his branding. But Quinn was the first that gave the Jazz some pizzazz. So that, that would be another area of concern that we're fighting an image that Ryan's trying to change in the state of Utah. We're fighting a, a brand of, of who the Jazz have been for years and that Quinn in some ways had had fought that pretty well himself. Um, The other one that I would say is a concern just from the idea if Quinn were to leave, these are all concerns if Quinn were to leave, is the guy's a brilliant head coach and that in just about every circumstance, he's the right coach to have. And that maybe for some weird reason, it just doesn't feel right right now for him or the organization or whomever and in this circumstance, but in the long run, he's always the right choice. And it'd be interesting to go back and look at Miami and wonder whether or not Miami ever had this with Spolster. They've been able to keep Spolster around. Was there ever a time where Spo didn't feel right? And how did they get through it? Was there ever a time when Pop didn't feel right and they got through it? They probably not. They had Tim Duncan. And so the the other concern I would have, it's kind of related to the first one, is that this guy is clearly one of the most well-prepared, smartest, brightest, best coaches in the NBA. He's really changed the league kind of with a lot of things he's done, everybody else in the league is now doing, a lot of the things he's implemented for the Jazz. You know, this great defense everyone talks about with the Celtics, with Robert Williams playing freelance, and you'll hear about it. It was the turning point. Like, Quinn's been doing it for two or three years. He just didn't have the perimeter defender's of Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, so it didn't work as well. But frankly, it's exactly what we've been doing as the Jazz for two, three years with Rudy, is that he lays off these guys and he covers the middle and he, they choose who's going to shoot their three-point shots, and it's, it's exactly what they've been doing for a while. So, you know, those are the, those are the concerns from... From I think if Quinn were to leave, the concern from the franchise if Quinn were to stay, because that's the concern can go both ways, would be he's not in. Quinn's an all-in guy, right? We've seen it, like how worn out he looks by the end of a season, the non-sleep on the back end of a back-to-back, all these different little aspects of who Quinn is. Um, I think when you look at those things, what happens, what happens if Quinn's not all the way in? And I think the players would know. Because the, and, and I really can't imagine this, um, frankly, and maybe that's the whole hang up right now, is that there isn't any aspect of Quinn Snyder that's not 100% in if he's doing something. And right now he probably, maybe, 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 they're all speculation, that he doesn't quite feel that ability. And so that's what's holding this back is that he knows he can't do it if he's not 100% in. So I actually think Quinn would take care of this concern um, all by himself. But if for some reason, that were to take place, I think that they, the the players would know it immediately, um, considering who he is. the The other question is just whether his his voice has somehow gone quiet. Brad Stevens said our guys needed a new voice. 
in in Boston, Eric Spolster has been able to not have that problem over time. Is there some element where Quinn Snyder's voice has has fallen quiet on this group as it is? And then the question gets to be, do you know how much you're turning over or not? And we don't. And that's what gets really, really difficult um, on how you how you make this decision. This is probably where some of the conversation hangs up, right? Like, hey. Like, well, if we're going to end up bringing most of it back and you don't feel like you had their voice or if we're actually going to turn most of it over and then you get a new group that you get to form and do the brilliance you did when you got Jordan and Boyan and rebuilt the team and changed it, then there can't be any more. So, um, you know, I guess the biggest concern to me on all of this is he's unquestionably the right coach 98% of the time. And for some reason, we everyone decides we're in the 2% when he's not the right coach. And then you realize how great he really was and you regret it and you wish you had him back because he's better than every other coach. Like that would be my concern is that we don't really realize how much he's kind of taken the franchise beyond where they could have been with their talent and who they have. And and, and maybe everyone makes the decision that, well, right now is just not the right time. And then shortly thereafter, you're looking back saying, ah, we had like the best coach in the league and it didn't feel right at the time. We had to make, you know, that, that I think um, would be the concern um, if there is one in that regard. So uh, those are my quick thoughts on that. It was a great question. I always take your questions, dlock09 at gmail.com or at dlock09 on Twitter. Um, Either of those great places to hit me. How are the Warriors and Celtics built and how is it similar to where the Jazz are in the process? Plus Robert Ori. Big Shot Bob, seven-time NBA Final winners, talks with Peter Bukowski of Lockdown Sports today about the NBA Finals matchup, and we'll have that for you as well here on today's show. Today's show is a Wednesday edition. That means it's Steve Carter, or today a Thursday edition. Today's a Thursday edition because we had this silly, um, well, not silly, but we had a, vac- a holiday in the middle, so it has me confused. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. That's Steve Carter. Uh, Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer at Intercap Lending. He does amazing work. It's such a pleasure to send you to him because I know that all of the reviews will come back. And it's not just that we send you to Steve Carter if you're a listener. We've had multiple locked on hosts go. We've had uh, our COO, Carl Weinstein, has gone. So this is something consistent in our company. And it's there for you. Steve Carter, 385-800-8528. Make sure you tell Steve you're with Locked on Jazz. You get the corporate Locked on Jazz discount. It's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Why is Intercap Lending growing so much? Because they get deals done. They're nimble. They're hyper-responsive. They embrace change. It's a great borrower experience. We've used them twice. And Steve Carter walks you through the whole process and gives you an unbelievable experience. So go give Steve Carter a call at 385-885-28. If you're driving right now and can't remember that, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. And I will make sure that we get you a setup with Steve Carter. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto, why spend more than you need to? Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? 
I mean, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 in a chain store and $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil to even new carpet. So stop by rockauto.com, see the old school, easy to navigate website without a lot of flash and you'll see where the savings is amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need it's rockauto.com and please write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that you know they know who sent you that's locked on in the how do you hear about us box thanks for making locked on jazz your first listen today Locked on NBA Big Board is available for you. Mondays are always Big Board Monday, so make sure you're ready for that on Locked on NBA Big Board, getting ready for the NBA draft. All the players declared, stayed in, stayed out. That's the big news of the day on the draft end of things. So Steve Kerr was quoted as saying that he liked the way the Warriors and the Celtics were built. Patience through the draft and development, player development and continuity I think that's good for the sport. So those are the models of what the Utah Jazz have been trying to do. Patience through the draft development. And we've talked about this before. There's really three ways you can acquire players. You're either acquiring players through the draft, through trades, or you're acquiring players through free agency. And for the Jazz, free agency is the most difficult for us. Trades is a possibility. And the draft picks were pretty good, so that's hard. And actually, unfortunately, in our two top 10 picks, Dante Exum and Trey Burke, we missed um, on both of them in the top 10. That happens. Both those drafts turned out to be a little suspect um, more than we thought. The, the Dante Exum draft was supposed to be like the greatest draft ever with Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker and Joel Embiid and Dante Exum and Aaron Gordon and Marcus Smart didn't really turn out like maybe Marcus Smart was the pick instead of Dante Exum, but that would have taken a long time to get to work as well. So, um, and then on Trey Burke, that draft just turned out to, you know, have, have some warts. Um, but here's, what's interesting. So each of these two teams cores are homegrown. In the case of the Warriors, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Now Draymond's an incredible second round pick that doesn't happen very often. And they passed on him once to get him. Um, Curry, they nailed, thank you to David Kahn, who took Johnny Flynn, and they nailed Clay Thompson. Um, the Celtics had Danny Ainge's brilliant trade with Brooklyn for two number three picks. So you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then they have the Marcus Smart top 10 picks. So they have three top 10 picks that are their core. The second part of both these front offices that deserve great credit is that they nailed the back half of the first round. They nailed it. So, Kayvon Looney and Jordan Poole for the Warriors. And then Robert Williams, Grant Williams, and Keaton Pritchard for the Celtics. <clears throat> that's pretty great. And that's really what you have to do once you build, get the winner. And we kind of have the first part, right? Homegrown stars. We've got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And we really haven't found that third, we didn't ever get that third draft pick the way that you know the war <clears throat> the Celtics were fortunate that they were good and then had three picks and then the Warriors hit on Draymond ours would be Rudy hitting at 27 and then Donovan and we just never got that third one but they, we got the first two and then the, the, the both these two franchises just nailed late first round draft picks that's 
that's pretty fabulous. You know, the Jordan Poole pick is turning out to be, you know, to the credit of, of Bob Myers is great. And Kayvon Looney was, was a great pick. Kayvon Looney was a Pac-10 player, their first team all-rookie. And he averaged a double-double and somehow everyone decided that there was everything wrong with him. They decided he was undersized. They decided he didn't play hard. Um, he had a bad hip and he, and he had injuries. But the guy averaged um, 11 points and nine rebounds as an 18-year-old at UCLA playing, you know, all 36 games and somehow the league decided that he wasn't, you know, going to be much of a player and and, he, and the Warriors got it with the 30th pick of the draft. That's that's some pretty great stuff. Um, you know, we used our draft picks, as is often the way, to do this also is to acquire future talent. And I, I've generally always believed in that, that if you're a really good team, you probably should only be taking one out of two of your draft picks every year. You should be moving those draft picks to go acquire um, other talent. I mean, to the credit of the Warriors, by the way, only really Larry, of the picks around them, only Larry Nance Jr. and Montrez Harrell have played. So Kevon Looney was the one pick. And Jordan Poole was an amazing pick. And as we talked about, Robert Williams and Grant Williams. Then, via trade, free agency, player movement, both these teams added a super high-level veteran complementary player. So the Warriors added the former number one pick and Andrew Wiggins... Through the Kevin Durant deal, really. They got D'Angelo Russell and they moved D'Angelo Russell. And plus, they ended up with a draft. They, they fleeced Minnesota. And they ended up with a draft pick as well. So they have this incredible collection of Wiseman, Kamunga, and Moody who may turn into be players for their future. And the, the, Lake, the Celtics did it actually just recently with Al Horford, who was a former number three pick at 36 years old. And then, you know, obviously pretty far down, the, down his career. But... Those are the same concepts. Top, top level talent, right? Number one and number three picks of the NBA draft. Players that have been around, that know how to play, and that are probably not fighting for who they are as a player anymore. And so they're willing to come in as a complementary um, piece to your puzzle and roll in. And then the, the Warriors are interesting after that because then the Warriors just kind of have these guys, Toscana Anderson and Gary Payton II. Um, they... They got very fortunate that Otto Porter Jr. decided he wanted to play there. And they have all their young guys, Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman, that came from their, their bad years and those great trades. The, the Celtics have the other little piece, which is they went and got Derek White at this trade deadline, who we talked about a lot on this show. Um, and he's become a perfect addition to them. That was a great recognition by the Celtics of that, hey, Josh Richardson's not the answer. Dennis Schroeder's not the answer. We're short here. And they went and found the guy that filled that gap about as perfectly as they could. They did the same thing acquiring Daniel Tyson, taking that contract. But that's their last little piece. The Warriors really haven't done that. They they were unwilling to make the move with Wiseman. In fact, last year I was telling people I thought they should have traded Wiseman for Horford um, to Oklahoma City, and they would have won the title. Even with all, even with Clay's injury, because I think Horford's that great. Um, I've said that a lot, but it's an interesting mix, right? So homegrown talent is the three stars drafted. Late first round, just nailed it, hit it perfectly, and we've not done that entirely, right? Udoka Azabuke will turn out probably to be one that doesn't. We'll see. I mean, that ankle injury feels really significant now. It's happened multiple times, and then we used, you know, Grayson Allen was a really strong pick, and we used it to go get Mike Conley. So that's our Andrew Wiggins and our Al Horford top level number three pick. Same exact model. 
and, and gave and jumped us to the number one record in the league. And then they traded for White. We probably traded for Clarkson. We're just short one of the draft stars, and we're short those late draft picks. Um, otherwise, there's a lot of similarities to what Steve Kerr talked about. Patience through the draft, development, player development, um, and continuity. And that's a lot of what we did. We added the free agent in Boyan, which neither of these two teams really have done kind of this pure free agent play. Theirs have all been kind of trade, alter market, Al Horford, Andrew Wiggins um, aspect of things. Um, And frankly, the Warriors lost a massive free agent and the Celtics lost a massive free agent, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who ended up being together. And it didn't work out that great for either of them. So interesting comp comp to where the Jazz are um, and, you know, where, you know, looking back, if the Jazz, you need to be virtually perfect to try to win a championship. And, and maybe some of the areas where we weren't virtually per- completely perfect, but you can see where it's growing and where you can still put it together with our guys' ages as they are. Robert Ori joined our show Locked On Sports today, which is your 22-minute kind of quick catch-up on all things in the sports world, from the hockey playoffs to the baseball season to all the NBA big news to the NFL free agencies to all those kind of things. Every day, 22 minutes, Locked On Sports today. Robert Ori joined Peter Bukowski, and we'll have that for you and who he takes Does he take his hated Celtics as a Laker or does he take the hated Warriors as a Laker? Be interesting to see what he has to say. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online, as is the interview with Robert Ori. So thank you very much to Bet Online for helping us uh, get that arranged. Bet Online and get your number one spot for all things. It's where the game begins. What are the, the line tonight on the Warriors and the is the Warriors minus three and a half. The series line is the Warriors minus 144. The Celtics plus 124. Boy, I'll tell you what, there's just a lot of things that say um, that the uh, the other way around on this thing. Um, the uh, bunch of series props, if you want to get involved in there, by the way, um, they do have their first over under. It's for the Lakers next year at 46.5. They have one over under for next year for 46.5. And they also have a Lakers to make the playoffs. Yes or no. So if you want to get in on Laker hatred, you can do it already at Bet Online. Our show today also is brought to you by Summit Cap. It's a Utah company. And uh, Matt and Dave and, and the crew there were involved uh, investing in Locked On. And they're now looking for investors and Kind of some a specific look. One of the things that they really, really believe in is those people that are running a company as an employee right now who then maybe the ownership group is, is not ready to take it to the next level, but you are. And so they're looking to provide capital for management that seeks out to buy the owner of the business they work in and then you along with Summit Cap take it to the next level. So you've been working for a company for a long time. You understand it. You know how to get it to the next place. It's going to take an expenditure. The current owner's like, hey, we're not, we're just not that in. And you buy them out. They win. You win. Some, you and Summit Cap go on the ride together. It's a good ride. I was on it with them. They never once asked. They weren't one of these like, what's the date, artificial timeout, anything like that. Really good people. So text Matt at 801-796-2033. That's 801-796-2033. Or go ahead and just email LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com. That's Locked on Jazz at SummitCapUtah.com. All right, thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. I strongly consider 
that Locked on Sports Today could be your second. Here is the interview with Peter Bukowski and Robert Ory. The Golden State Warriors are minus 150, the favorites in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Joining me now, Robert Ory, seven-time NBA champion, is here courtesy of Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for all the up-to-date lines on the NBA Finals, Finals MVP, Finals props, and each and every game line. This is great to have you here. Why do you think, because the line has moved a little bit in, in the Celtics' favor, why do you think... There are people that like the Celtics matchup against the Warriors. Because the smart people know defense wins championships. Mm. And if you look at the Celtics team, they got two players on that team that made the all-defensive team. You know, smart, of course, defensive player of the year. But Robert Williams is one of those guys that is an eraser. He can block shots. He can, you know, you know, he can erase a lot of mistakes that you make on the perimeter. And you think about it, you got Brown, Tatum, and Smart who can get up on people defensively and funnel them to that guy. Next thing you know, it's getting blocked. And if you look at the way, you know, Harford has been playing, he's turned back the hands of time. He's blocking <laughs> shots again. So if you, overall, I think that the, that, that the Celtics is a better defensive team than the Warriors because even though you have Draymond Green, Green Clay Thompson is not the Clay Thompson of old who can do the things he used to be able to do. And, and, and so I just think that's, that's a big key for them, for the Celtics, that is. How do you see defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, matching up with, with Steph Curry? Is that going to be something where you see that Marcus is going to pick him up 94 feet? Like, how do you think Smart is going to approach that assignment if he does get that assignment, which we assume he's going to? But you know what? I don't think it's going to be a one-man job. If you look at the Celtics, they one, two, three are all athletic guys, and you go to the two, Jalen, and go to the Tatum, they get taller. You know, it's like, yeah. like the bars on the cell phone. And I think even, even though they like to do a lot of switching, I think they're, they're, they're perfect for this matchup. It's a perfect matchup for the, for the Celtics and when they got the guard. And because, you know, Clay is going to be constantly moving. And so, so, you know, not the same as a Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero, but I think this, what they just did against the Heat, is like a, a, a prelude to a preclude to what they're going to do. And so I think they're going to be fine defensively switching and getting ready for Steph. It sounds like you like the Celtics in this one. You know, a lot of my Laker fans are going to be mad at me because they said you cannot <laughs> wear anything green. You can never root for the Celtics. I'm not rooting for the Celtics. You know, I, I would like to see my former teammate, Emeo Duco, win his first championship. You know, so I would like for that to happen. But, you know, I just think being the basketball mindset, I just think that there, there's a good chance the Celtics could win this thing. All right, so we have some odds here. Celtics in six is plus 375. Celtics in seven is plus 650. If people are going to bet on it, what is what is your prediction if you like Boston? Six, seven? Hey, you know what? If you, you're trying to make some money, right? <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you gamble. And so I will go with the Celtics in seven because I think the Celtics have been a battle-tested team on the road. They've won a lot of games on the road. They just won the Eastern Conference on the road. And so I think they're ready. Not saying everybody would say, well, the, you know, the Heat is a different monster than, you know, the Warriors and blah, blah, blah. But I still think it all boils down to having confidence and playing well on the road and, and believing that you can win on the road. There has also been this discussion now, especially among Celtics fans, about what this Celtics team has had to face, what, particularly who had Jason Tatum has had to face. Kevin Durant in the first round, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the second round, Jimmy Butler on a heater no pun intended for Miami. And now 
Steph Curry, you're talking about at least three Pantheon guys, guys who are all-time great players. Who do you think has the most on the line legacy-wise in this series? For whom would that one title, you won seven, who would that one title mean the most for? You know, I'm going to go off script a little bit, and and I'm going to stop people from thinking this is going to be the greatest run ever by the Celtics. That's not true, because you got Hornacek, Carmelo, you got Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, you got Dennis Rodman, uh, MVP, David Robinson, and you got Shaquille and Penny. Now, that is the greatest run in back in 95. So when people say this might be the greatest run, stop it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because all these teams was 50, you know, 55, 50 plus win teams. And so I just think if you if you look at this game and you have to pick an MVP, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be it Tatum. But this run that the Celtics are on is incredible. You know, don't get me wrong because they've been able to win on the road, which is key because you have to win on the road in order to win championship. That's if unless you have home court advantage, you protect your home court. But I just think overall, when you look at the makeup of these two teams, they're similar. You know, Golden State Warriors, they were the Celtics six, seven years ago when they first entered the playoffs. And nobody thought they could win a championship. Next thing you know, they win a championship. In the following season, they win all these games and don't win a championship. And then they get KD and they win two more. But I think if you look at the Celtics, there are so there are so many similarities with these teams that people are always going to say, oh, let's go with the veteran leadership. Let's go with the fan favorite and Steph. You know, this thing, this thing about it, because everybody wants Steph to win because we know he got robbed one time with the MVP in the finals. And then he's take, he took a step back and let KD come in to his team, which is Steph team, and take two MVPs. And so I, 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 I do think Steph has a lot to prove. And his legacy is on the line when it comes to this because, you know, all the chatter now is about him not having an MVP in the finals, which we all know he was robbed of one. So let's, let's be real about that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking at these MVP odds as you're talking about the MVP. And, and we expect Curry and Tatum right at the top in terms of the odds. You're not getting really good value there. I'm looking at Jalen Brown, 10 to 1. Yeah. I'm looking at... Draymond, 22 to one. Like if he really turned it up defensively, people forget in that game seven against the Cavs, he had a triple double in that game. He was the best warrior on the floor in that game. I'm looking at Marcus Smart at 40 to one. It seems like you can get some good value. And we've seen, including in this Warriors run, that it's not always the stars who win these finals MVPs. It's true. You know, for me, if if I wanted to take the eyes, I'm going to eliminate the top three automatically. And I don't, I don't think Clay is, you know, you know, Clay is a game five, game six type of player. But me, I would go with Andrew Wiggins. If I had to mm. pick someone with the odds, I would go with Andrew Wiggins, who is 20 to one. And think about it, he has started to come into his own. Yeah. He, after that dunk on, <laughs> on Luca, all of a sudden this dude is smiling big. He's he's enthusiastic, he's playing hard, and he's an all-star. And I think some people forget he was an all-star. I think this is a good way, the biggest stage, to show everybody that the all-star committee didn't make a mistake. So if I had to take all the – because I don't think Draymond Green, he he doesn't shoot enough, and he's going to have to guard too many people, so he's going to be all over the board that. So if you look down that list of people and you want to say, oh, odds maker, for me, I would take Andrew Wiggins 20 to 1. That is, I, I mean, that, that's bold. I love it. Uh, I think you're right that that he he seems to be a different player. Just in the Warriors, just in Golden State, he seems to have been unlocked a little bit, whether that's Steve Kerr, whether that's just him feeling more comfortable. We're talking about legacy. And you have been on some teams 
that have gone on these multi-year runs that have been what we, we might consider dynastic, right? There have been some discussions here. If the Warriors win one, that because it's the Clay, Steph, Draymond core with Steve Kerr, that this has to be considered part of the Warriors run and that we have to call them a dynastic team. Where do you fall on that discussion? If they win one, are they a dynasty? You know what? It's, it's, I will put them in that category as a dynasty. <clears throat> you know, if you, if you because they was riddled with injuries, Right, two years. Clay was out, and Steph went out. You know, you, you say, okay, we'll give them, we'll give them a Phil Jackson asterisk by those two years. But if they were to get back to the mountaintop and win this year, I, I would put them. You know, you got one more step to be a dynasty, and then if they go to the finals again, then I would give them a dynasty. But you know, think about this: they gave us a dynasty in the Lakers. We won three in a row, and next thing you know, they dismantle the team. They go back and lose. It's considered a dynasty. So you know, if you to me, there's only been you know, three dynasties in this Bulls, the Celtics, and the Lakers because they're a situation where they went six plus championships. You know, I, I, that's what you look at. But in this day, in this era, you can give them a dynasty. I think I think you I, I I would I would consider the Spurs, the Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich Spurs in that mix, but they never won back to back titles. And so it depends on how you want to qualify it. Sustained yeah. success, not always enough. I, I think if you're a Boston fan, you're going. Why can't we have that sustained run? We've got these two young superstars, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, who's coming into his own a little bit defensively. It seems like they've unlocked some things with him as their pure point guard in initiating offense because he doesn't have to create for everyone. They've got Tatum and Brown who can create for themselves. I mean, this, what what do you think the chances are that they could be, not the next dynasty, but the next team that you have to deal with in the Eastern Conference? Like, okay, they're going to be there every year until further notice. You know, I, I think you look down that line and you says, okay, Tatum, first team, Max, Brown, Max, Smart, Max. These are super max contracts these guys yeah, potentially can get. So right. now, we're, you know, if you, since I cover the Lakers, the Lakers got $40 million guys, three forty million guys. They can't get nobody else on the team unless they do some hell of a drafting, you know, and, and they get these guys that's going to be there. But it boils down to payday, man. If you're going to stick around and get paid or you're going to have that one falter and say, oh, you know, we didn't win a championship. We need to make a move because, you know, they exported us in this area. We need to get someone in and they trade one of those guys. You know, people do dumb things like that. Well, GMs, I should say. So I think they have the potential to make a long run. This is going to have to stick together and do what a Tim Duncan would do and say, you know, what, I'm going to take less money. So you can sign a Tony Parker, you sign a Manu Ginobili. But are these guys now, you know, Selfless enough with it, say, hey, you know what? I don't want to make forty million. I make thirty million. You know, I, I don't think so. I think every now, every guy now is trying to get their bag, so they can say, you know what? At one point in my career, I was making fifty, forty million, whatever it may be. So I don't. That's going to be the key, though. It boils down to money if they can keep that team together. All right, not a finals question, but I can't talk to Big Shot Bob and not ask you this question: Which of your big shots is your favorite? You know, um, I grew up a Lakers fan, a huge Magic Johnson fan. And one of my biggest thrills before I even made to the NBA, I got to play one-on-one -on -one with Magic when I was being scouted by the Lakers coming out of college, coming out of University of Alabama. So the shot I made against the Sacramento Kings in 2001 to win that game is probably my favorite. And uh, don't get me wrong, I love what I did in Houston. I love what I did in San Antonio. But Everything I did in, in San Antonio was on the road, game five on the road. But this was at home in Staples Center. 
And the ego comes into play where you want to hear that crowd chant your name, man. And you run off the court and the crowd's still chanting your name. You're in the locker room. You can still hear them chanting your name. So I think that shot, it, it, it takes over all the other shots just for the ego. You know, we are all as athletes got some type of ego. And I think for me, that just takes over because I had the Laker fans chanting my name. They weren't chanting Shaq. They weren't chanting Kobe. They were chanting Ori. So that's a big plus for me. Fun, fun stuff with Robert Ori there. Thanks to Peter Bukowski for bringing us that. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube. You saw the production quality. is amazing. Great, great show. 22 minutes. Catch you up on the sports world. If any of you listen to NPR up first, it's kind of modeled off that idea that you can catch up on the whole world in 22 minutes there. We're going to give you the whole sports world in 22 minutes. What you know, all the things you need to know for, from a big level and a small level. Uh, grab it on Locked on Sports Today, both as a podcast, also at YouTube. All right, we'll react to game one. We'll continue our season previews. We'll look into the menu of other teams and our regular programming as we continue. We'll try to drive into the draft at some point here, but it's hard without a pick to really dig into the draft and get fired up about it. We'll figure out a way to do it. This has been Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. Have a great day.